Okay, everybody, welcome back to Talk of the Now podcast. And today I've got a guest on who is a new member of the Atlanta Braves family. I've got my Atlanta Braves hat on in honor of the the Los Bravos, uh, my favorite team, as many of you know that uh, listen to my show and the podcast. And today I've got a special guest on, Mr. Kevin Krause. Is that how I pronounce your, uh, your last name? Mr. You got Kevin? it right. The first okay. try. Good job. Great. I've heard, I've Kevin, how are you? <laughs> All kinds of pronunciations on that. <laughs> yeah. It almost looks like Kloss in a way, you know. Well, uh, I've heard Kloss, Cross. Yeah, I've heard all kinds. You name it, I've heard it. Uh huh. Um, so, how are you? And uh, um, big, big news. I'll let you give the announcement. Kevin is the new voice of the Braves. And if you could kind of tell us what your new job is here for Atlanta. Yeah, sure. Uh, I was named the new Bear, uh, Braves PA announcer uh, officially, I guess, last Friday. They told me a, l- a couple of days earlier. But uh, uh, it is my job on game days uh, to announce batters to the box uh, in the stadium, uh, announce, you know, certain advertisements, uh, send, you know, mid-inning, you know, contest down to the MC, which is going to be Otis this year. He's replacing uh, Mark Owens. Uh, so I'll be doing, uh, you know, announcements in the stadium. I, some folks get, you know, um, radio play-by-play, TV play-by-play, and PA announcer mixed up. Uh, I'm just the guy in the stadium just announcing batters to the box. That's all I do. Right. Well, congratulations on that, by the way. Um, that's Thank you very a, much. That is exciting. And I'm sure for uh, many boys, and probably including myself when I was about six or seven years old, um, you know, that's like, oh, to be a Braves PA announcer, or, you know, um, I'm sure many girls as well, young yeah. ladies probably dream of doing that as well. Um, to one day be a Major League Baseball announcer is just right up there. I'm an old school baseball fan. I assume that you have been a longtime baseball fan as well. Absolutely. My entire life. And, um, one of my favorite documentaries of all time is Baseball by the Ken Burns Ken Burn series, Baseball. And and I, if, if you consider yourself a baseball fan, I highly recommend watching that, by the way, because anybody out there, it's just you, to get that history of baseball and to, to hear those old voices of baseball. And I, I would imagine, especially before the radio times, the PA announcer was sort of the voice for the team in a way, if you will, right? Yeah, I, I would I would say so, and especially when, and and then you touched on right on it, like when, when games weren't on TV. I mean, you either you either listen to the game on the radio, so you know who the radio announcer was, or you went to the game itself and you you know the the PA guy, so you know one of two voices, the radio guy and the PA guy. So uh, I agree that the PA announcer has been a part of baseball for a very very long time. Very honored to be the the newest part of that for sure. Well, definitely congratulations on that. Um, what uh, what are you most excited about looking forward to this new season? Uh, just to get the season started, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I submitted the application back in November, so it's been a very long process. And now that it's over, now that it's done and now that the deed, you know, it's it's complete. I'm just ready to get the season started. Um, people will keep asking me, oh, well, are you nervous? Are you excited? I mean, I'm certainly excited and I'm, I'm sure I'm going to be nervous, uh, you know, right. the closer that we get to the actual, you know, opening day against the Padres, um, April 6th. Um, but once the game starts, it's just a baseball game. I mean, it's the same as if you're calling a, a game in, in the little leagues or if you're calling a game in Truist Park uh, mm-hmm. in the major leagues, it's just a baseball game. You're just, um, you just, you're just having fun. That's what I'm, that's what I'm looking for 
you know, most looking forward to is just getting the season started, getting the fun going, man. Absolutely. What, um, well, let's back up then a little bit, uh, kind of lead us, if you will, sort of give us a, um, you know, few second or minute, a uh, few minute bio here on you and tell us where you came from and how you got to where you are at this point. Uh, a minute bio. Okay. <laughs> However uh, long we're, we don't have a time limit. If you want to take no, five, I, ten. I, the less that I talk about myself, the better. Uh, <laughs> I'd much rather hear you talk. Oh man. Um, but I've, I've been the, the PA announcer for the Gwinnett Stripers uh, for the last 10 seasons. That's been the majority of my work I've done. I've filled in other places. Uh, I think it's been said in the papers uh, that uh, I've been filling in at, at Mercedes Benz stadium for a few years now, ever since it opened, I've done a, a few United games, one Falcons game, one Chick-fil-A bowl uh, from time to time. I did some hockey for a while, um, Atlanta Gladiators for five seasons um, and some lacrosse and some rugby. I currently do rugby ATL. Uh, we, they play at Silverbacks Park near I-285. So I stay busy uh, and it's and going back to the Stripers, it's been really cool um, calling those games for the last decade because you get to see uh the future go, go up, you know, through Gwinnett. And it's really, really nice to see them get called up and do well. Cause you feel like a proud parent whenever they call up and never get called up and do well. So it's been really, really cool. Uh, calling the stripers the last 10 seasons. Yeah. I imagine two years from now, when a guy comes up that you were announcing for last year, that's going to be one of those moments for you. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I mean, I felt it, I felt it last year and I know, uh, didn't we have like a two-week stretch last year? I think I'm thinking of the Miami uh, a series in Miami for some reason where we 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 started four starting pitchers that started the year with the Stripers uh, wow. in a row, and they all won. I think Elder was one of them. Ian Anderson came up and pitched a good game all back all back to back to back, and it was, that was really really cool. The, things like that make you feel really pr- like a proud parent. Like I said, uh, when Stripers get called called up and do well. Mm-hmm. When was your first, uh, or what? When and what was your first gig in this uh, business? 2007. Uh, I was mm-hmm. a sophomore at Georgia College in Milledgeville. Go Bobcats! Oh wow. Okay. Uh, I uh, I was looking for something to do uh, to make a little extra money, as most college kids do. Um, you know, something something to, to pay for food, and rather than work, you know, wait tables like everyone else is doing. Uh, I wanted to do something with sports. I've always loved sports. So who wouldn't want to do that um, instead of a wait table? So uh, I, I don't quite remember how I was introduced to the athletic director at Georgia College, but he needed someone to call a women's soccer match. Uh, so that's what I did. And he needed me to play music too. So I had, I had nothing but a little iPod Nano. So I bought my iPod Nano and sat in under a little tent with a little microphone and uh, I announced goals and played pregame music on an iPod Nano. And that was oh, my wow. first gig. I thought there maybe were 100 people there, probably less. But right. I thought, I thought it was the coolest thing ever. But you got to cut your teeth somewhere, you know? You do, um, yeah. Part of, and, my, uh, part of my overall theme of my podcast when I do interviews and talk to people with what I think are interesting stories is to explain to younger people and especially people that – because nowadays, you know – like you said, people, it seems like dreams can be so far off from doing what you want to do one day. You know, um, learning other people's stories gives you perspective on how to get where you want to get a lot of times, you know, because um, somebody says, OK, this guy, he's, you know, I mean, how, how in the world is he a Braves, um, 
you know, play by play guy. How can I get there? Well, you have to go back in steps and you have to talk to people to figure out how that actually happens. Cause there's, there's no book on these things. There's no manual on how to get there. Right. Yeah, totally agree. Mm-hmm. Totally yeah. Um, you got to start somewhere. And for me, it was in Milledgeville at a women's soccer match with, I don't even know if there's a hundred people there. Right. <laughs> it's been, and it's been a long time coming since then. I have a um, there's a guy that I mentioned. I've interviewed him as well. Ken Coleman of the Ken Coleman show. He is a um, Dave Ramsey personality. Dave Ramsey, the financial guy, if you've ever heard of him. Um, he does a show all about careers and he decided that he wanted to get into broadcasting at about the age of 32. And so he talks about how he basically paid a guy to let him have his own show on a radio station. And his first ever like broadcasting gig, if you will, was where he went to somewhere in like Habersham County to do a high school football game for the Internet. He said like it was just the only people listening were like his mom and his wife. And that was it, you know. So I think that kind of be a an interesting example of something similar. I mean, talk about humble beginnings, you know. Yeah. Right. Um yeah, but the stripers though is a cool deal. Um, I think. When did you When did you say you got the stripers um, gig? When did that come along around? Two thousand thirteen. I had graduated college. I transferred to Georgia, by the way. Uh, okay. That's where I graduated college was UTA, and uh, I went to school to uh, be a meteorologist actually. And uh, when I graduated, um, I quickly learned that I was not prepared. <laughs> Because I was scrambling, applying to places all over the country, um, hoping they would take me on as, as a meteorologist, and that just wasn't happening. Um, it's not like I, I did poorly in school. I just hadn't done enough uh, as far as to you know prepare to, to get a job after college. So while I was uh, waiting to hear something from a TV station, um, I was looking for ways to practice getting on a microphone and just practice speaking to people, you know whether it be on camera or on a microphone doing something. So I actually took a job uh, with a local entertainment company just doing like trivia nights, karaoke nights, bingo nights, things like that. Anything that would put me on a microphone speaking to people live. So that's what I was doing for about a year or so. And then um, I was looking for for more odd jobs to do uh, while I was waiting to hear back about a full-time job. So the Gwinnett Braves, as they were at the time, uh, posted a position uh, to for someone to play music during games. So uh, I applied for that. And I was hired on the spot during the interview. But then the person that interviewed me listened to me speak. And she said, are you aware that we have PA, we have PA announcer tryouts coming up? Because it just so happened that uh, they let the previous person go. So I said, no, I didn't. I didn't know there were PA announcer tryouts. But I do have a little bit of experience. I did it in college for a little bit. So I showed up and beat out about 30 people and the rest is history. Oh, wow. So, okay. So that was almost a, like we're just saying that was kind of just a stumbling in, uh, into the job, if you will. Total, total luck, total, whatever you want to call it, serendipity. Uh huh. It just so happened that when I applied for a totally different position, uh, that they had an open PA spot or else none of this might've ever happened. Wow. And that, that, that's a great testimony to me of putting yourself out there, you know, just kind yes, of. Exactly. Um, yeah, anyone that, anyone that knows me and uh, that knew me in middle high school, 
they would have never, they're shocked that I'm doing this right now. <laughs> I'm a shy, huh? <laughs> uh, total shy kid, total quiet, shy kid. I was a, a, you know, a marching band guy, kept to myself, got my work done, did marching band, went home. <laughs> ah, um, what, what, who was your alma mater for high school? Shiloh High School. Go Generals. Uh, I graduated high school in 06. Okay, so you would have been like a, a class of 09 or something from Georgia, I guess? Class of 11. I did the I did the five-year route. Ah, nice. Yes, of course. Yes, that's okay. I had a friend who um, who did a – I was a uh, Georgia Southern alumni, um, and I had a – I had a buddy that did a seven-year program there, and uh, <laughs> I was a print major, and he did a print major as well, but he did not get a doctorate in it. He just got his bachelor's degree in it. Listen, there were some times I wish I had done seven years, too. I mean, college, uh, was, just, college was a ton of fun. I wasn't ready <laughs> for it to end at, after five, that's for sure. I don't right. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> well, you know what? To speak of that, I mean, this is kind of – we can circle a little bit toward uh, sports here. For those that don't know about it, over there in Stone Mountain off 78, there is a tennis court that was built for the Olympics back in 96, and it has done nothing but sit there and grow weeds for the last 20, 30 years. I don't know if they have any plans for that thing. Then they get, I think it's gone now. Is it gone? Okay. I think they took it down. My parents worked the tennis at, when the Olympics were here. They, oh. worked, they worked at that center. Wow, that's cool. Very cool. Yeah, they, it did sit there for a very long time. You're right, but I think I do think it's gone now. Mm-hmm. Didn't exactly turn into Wimbledon, huh? No, it didn't. No, it didn't. <laughs> oh man, that would be. Am, a, uh, but I am old enough to remember the Olympics. That was uh, that was that was really really cool. Okay, so how old are you now? Are you in your mid thirties ish? Thirty five. Thirty five. So I was okay. I was nine at the time the Olympics were here. So I was just well, yeah. to have appreciable memories about that. Well, now that's a dream for a kid to have the Olympics come to your town, you know, when you're like a nine year old. Oh, yeah. Well, I, yeah. Like I said, I was just old enough to appreciate what was going on. And we did, we went and saw a bunch of, we did a tennis, of course. So we went and saw baseball at uh, Fulton County Stadium. We went and saw uh, volleyball in Athens. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw wrestling at the World Congress Center. So we did, we did a, a lot of that stuff. We, we took advantage. Were you able to check out the Olympic Stadium before it was turned into Turner Field? No, that was one uh, venue that we didn't, we never got to. Uh, mm-hmm. Was the Olympic venue? We did get, we did get to see the uh, the torch uh, about a week before they brought it to the stadium. It, I believe it was on Northside Drive, um, about a week before. So that was that was about as close as I got to the stadium. Oh wow! Okay. Now um, I, I'm just gonna say this because it's all over the news. If anybody looks up your name or looks up, you're a resident of Bethlehem, Georgia. Um, okay. Now what kind of um, what kind of commute distance is that going to be for you to get over to the Brave Stadium? The metropolis that is Bethlehem. Uh, yes. <laughs> the holy city, as we like to call it. Yes. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'll get back to your question in a second. Have you, have you done, have you told people about uh, going to the, to the post office at Christmas time? Oh, no, no. I've heard about you it. Post office at Christmas time. Yeah. People come from all over to, to stamp there <laughs> because they, they have like Bethlehem Christmas stamps at the post office. People come from all over. There's long lines. Uh, but, but, but going back to your question, it really does depend on the time of day. Um, I would say if you're going from my house, uh, over to the stadium on a weekday to get, to get there for a seven twenty game, probably about an hour and a half. Uh, but coming home after the game's over when there's less traffic, probably about 50 minutes, it's not too bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For those, I mean, I think only LA people, maybe Houston people might be able to understand this. Um, getting anywhere in Atlanta is almost forever in a day and certainly. 
even if even if your aunt lives 15 miles away it's still going to take you 40 minutes to get to her yeah. <laughs> during certain times of day and i've even got a peach pass now and maybe it knocks off maybe five minutes but right yeah <laughs> they need they need peach pass lanes on 285 that's probably never going to happen i don't know not in my lifetime boy i tell you that would be nice um uh i um yeah i think that's exciting and cool um did, so back to your, I guess, your job and what you do, um, is this your full-time um, job? Is this your full-time work is doing the, the announcing stuff? I wish it was. It'd be nice if it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unfortunately, but, I mean, I wish baseball was year-round, but it's uh, it's only half the year, so I've got to have something else to do um, during the other half of the year. So uh, I do have a full-time job uh, currently that I, I plan at least at first to hang on to. Uh, we're going to see how how it goes, you know, finagling the, the, the full-time schedule with the baseball schedule um, and how, how much sleep it makes me lose um, <laughs> if I can handle the mental and physical stress of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, it's, it's just a part-time job. Oh, okay. Okay. Gotcha. Um, well, oh, you mean the um, announcing is a, yeah, the Braves, yeah, just a part-time job. I gotcha. Um, well, um, the Braves have had, I mean, I guess we could talk a little bit about the Braves. The Braves have had a lot of um, kind of a moving of the guard in more than one ways, including you. I'm sorry, what, uh, remind me the previous um, PA announcer's name? Casey Motter. Casey Motter. How long had he been there? He started also with the same year that I did, 2007. That was his first year with the Braves. So really? he, he was the voice of Turner Field and Truist Park for 15 years. So, um, you know, fans really got to know him and. Uh, fans really got to love him. Um, I've seen I've seen the reactions between him and fans, and um, I can only hope that I get the same kind of reception after after a while because uh, he was one of the best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I can remember the voice of the Braves announcer, you know, back in the Fulton County days of the '90s and early Turner Field days, but I couldn't tell you his name either. I don't Marshall know if you Mann. Know. Marshall Mann. That's what his name was. Thank Although, you. He never did Turner Field. Uh, Marshall Van was uh, really? he did in the 90s uh, when when the Braves first started getting really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I um man, that's that's brings back brings back memories for you know a lot. There's nothing like going into the you know because when you're watching when you're watching it on television and you hear the announcers, they do all the talking for you. But when mm-hmm. you're actually there in the stadium, that the PA announcer. You know, he's giving you the information that you might not otherwise realize. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. If I you, mean, he's not doing a play-by-play, but yeah, if, if you if you're if you're keeping score, and I'm one of those that um one of those few fans that I like to keep score when I go. So, you know, if if you lose your if you lose your spot, then there's a PA announcer to help you. It's like, oh, the next batter's uh, Joe Smith. So, um, yeah, I, I totally agree. He's he's one of the PA announcers, one of the one of the many sights and sounds of the ballpark. That's kind of losing an art form there. Um, nobody really keeps score, I imagine. Score anymore, yeah. It's sad. Did you play any um, sports growing up or in during college at all? In in college, no. I mean, besides intramurals, um, yeah. I played baseball, of course, and uh, and basketball. Um, I I stopped playing baseball after I couldn't make the JV in tenth tenth grade, and that's it's fine. I wasn't good enough. <laughs> It's uh, just one of those things, and I concentrated on band instead. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I've always loved baseball. It was my first first sport that I loved. Um, just wish I was better at it. Like I, I've been telling people, uh, when I was eight, I always thought I'd be playing in the majors when I was 35 instead of announcing. But uh, this is the next best thing. 
yeah, that's many a young boy's dream, including yours truly. I understand that, you know, when I was eight years old, like, yeah, I hope to be, you know, playing right field for the Braves, just like Dale Murphy. Now I'm showing my <laughs> age. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, I'm too, I'm too young to remember him playing, unfortunately. <laughs> that's okay. Seen, you did. I've seen the highlights. Great, great uh, player. You didn't miss much. And by that, I mean, he swung and missed the ball a lot. We'll just say that much. Yeah, the man can strike out as much as he could hit. That's like watching the game nowadays. Yeah. It's all strikeouts and home runs. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk a little shop then, why not, uh, while we're on it. Um, how do you feel about um, some of the new rules that are coming into this season? I was going to ask you about that. You said earlier that you're the purist, so I oh, was going to ask you what you thought. Uh, well, I I'm a little bit biased because um, we had these rules last year in the minors, so ah. I'm, I'm used to them, uh, and I didn't like them at first either. Uh, but you it get you get used to it. I mean, and and the players will get used to it. I know I know there's a lot of news right now about. I know the Braves had a walk off time time thing a couple days ago the big news yeah yeah uh the 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 players are used to it um because you know they i i really do think that more average like you know we'll call them fair weather fans people people that don't watch every day like you and me um they'll watch baseball more if the games are two and a half hours instead of three i mean i hate that that's how it is but that's just how it is Mm -hmm. um I'm also a baseball purist. I I wish we didn't have to have a timer, but I got used right. to it. I, th- I think it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. I was watching a show the other day and they had, I'm trying to remember his name, um, a baseball, an ESPN baseball guy. And I'm trying to remember his first name. Um, Jason, was that his last name? I can't remember offhand. He was, um, he, he was given some of the same things you're talking about, how, Seem to think that a lot of this is going to cut down on time. Like they want to get it down to like the two, the two, the two hour, 30 minutes was what they think is the sweet spot. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Did you see that um, as well in your anecdotal experience with the. um, We were were finishing games in two hours. Ah, I mean, not all the time. I mean, you're always going to have 14 to 12, three hour, 50 minute games. You're always going to have one of those every once in a while, but. We had more than once games finish in two hours and ten minutes, and um, it's it's very very odd feeling, especially in the middle of July when we, the sun goes down at nine thirty. You start a game at seven, and you walk out of the stadium to go home, and it's still light outside. I mean, it's it's pretty surreal. Oh wow! It's yeah. Pretty, I mean, it's selfishly someone that you know that works you know seventy five games a year. Like it's nice to have an early night every once in a while. It just. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like you might get a few more if this goes the way they hope it does. We'll see how it goes. Um, yeah. Now, I do feel a little bit differently, more differently about uh, the runner at second base. That's a total different story. Okay, tell me a little bit about that because uh, total, dis- uh, you know, d- um, disclaimer, if you will. I'm, I'm in my older age, and now that I have kids, <laughs> I've become less and less able to watch stuff and figure stuff out with baseball. I've been more just kind of the fair weathering in the last couple of years. How is that implemented, and what's been the result of it? So it's just when we get to extra innings, and the the idea is to and I and I I see where they were coming from uh, with making it that way because these they thought that games would end in ten innings and go more, no more than 10 innings, you know, if they had to go to extra, it's just one extra. Um, but what happens is 
you got to remember <laughs> that both teams get the same benefit. So if you're getting both teams the same benefit of starting with a runner at second base, then if you only score one run in your half of the inning, then all it takes is one base hit for it to be tied right back up again by the home team in the bottom, in the bottom half of the inning. So right. uh, we, we saw all that many times in, in the minors where, you know, <laughs> the home team will give up the, uh, the go ahead run, like the first batter of the, of the top of the 10th. And then we, we will tie it up the first batter in the bottom of the 10th and we'll end up playing an 11th anyway. Mm-hmm. So, why, so why not just start with runners empty? But again, at the same time, again, we got used to it. It's, it's, it's a part of the game to me now. Yeah. I hate that I'm saying that, but it, I, I think it's part of the game. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm on the fence about it. Um, I understand, I guess I understand it. Um, I think that baseball, I don't know. I, you, I mean, I've thought about this. I, I'm sitting here looking into the distance because I'm thinking to myself, what do I like about baseball? What do I not like about baseball? What are, what are my purest uh, feelings about it? <laughs> it's, I, at the end of the day, it's just a game. It's no different than people going out there to play a game of pick up Frisbee, you know? Um, but I tend to be, I'm such a purist that I think that we should go back to 140 something games in the Bay of the Babe Ruth era. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I've, um, but yeah, that's, uh, I was thinking, I was trying to, I try to explain this to my wife cause she's not a baseball fan, never grew up watching it really. Um, I, I like to tell people that I'm have Yankee sentiments when it comes to, uh, my, my sports, um, fandom because baseball is my favorite sport and new Englanders usually love baseball more than any other sport. A lot of times, not always, but you know, I, I, I tend to like baseball the most and then comes football. Whereas your average, you know, Southern person, they're like, Oh, I'm all about college football. And then I'll watch, you know, some baseball. Uh, but I, I tried to explain to my wife. Yeah. Baseball is totally, there's no other sport that's like it. You play more than six months out of the year. You're showing up at early February. If you're good, you go till mid October or longer. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. November nowadays. Yeah, November, especially if there's something going on or some sort of weird thing happens. Um, not to mention that baseball is a working man sport. So back in the day, you know, this was like going to work for these guys during the day. You know, they would play almost every day. They That's how we got so many games. They just kept playing. It's not like, you know, in some ways, I mean, don't get me wrong. As a baseball fan, the more baseball you love. But in some ways, it would almost be nice if we had it as a basketball type NBA schedule where, sure. you know, so, you know, absence makes the the heart fonder, I think. Every other day. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, NBA players, they may, I don't know how many, they're around like, what, 90 games or something a year? Something like, yeah, 82, something like that. I, I, I think there are some days where I'm agreeing with you and I'm like, yeah. you know, we can take, we can play every other day. But then again, when the Braves have an off day, you're, you're like, all right, what am I supposed to do with myself tonight? Like, <laughs> Like you don't know what to do with yourself. So, right. Right. Yeah. And that's the, and, and I, and I told her that, that would obviously never happened. Maybe one day they would skim some games off of it, but um, to do away with tons of games would just be, you know, you would have, it would just completely ruin all the baseball stats. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, the COVID year where we played 60, um, that was, that was bizarre. That was bizarre. Wasn't it? Yeah. There's nearly enough games. Then again, well, I don't know what more they could have done. I mean, they played about as much as they could. Yeah, yeah. Was that our championship game? I'm losing my memory here. 
Was that the Braves championship or was that? Uh, no, they... Well, they, the Braves made the um, the NLCS against the Dodgers. Okay. In, uh, in in Arlington that year, and they lost in seven, unfortunately. So Dodgers were 2020 champs, right? Yeah, Dodgers were 2020. Yep, and then the right. Braves were the next year. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's when again when I was young, I could name off <laughs> almost every World Series championship. All, you know, winner up until the nine, you know, late nineties or so. I mean, how I, then of course we go into the nineties, the, the, the salad days of the Braves nineties days, which I can easily remember your 1991 all the way up through Bobby Cox's last season. Um, those are quite special times in Braves country as we like to call it. Nothing nothing quite like it. 14 straight. Right. Nothing, Nothing quite like it. You know, and looking back too, I mean that that first season in '91 was, and we'll wrap it up soon because I guess we could talk all night about that. Yeah, we could. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> both got things to do. Absolutely. Um, that '91 season though was quite tremendous, and uh, looking back, we had no idea that it was going to go on. Um, you know, just continue on. Like you just thought, okay, it was like any other team. You know, you're just having your cool fluke season, and they just kept being good and kept staying good. You know, and then 95 came and, you know, that's like a pinnacle. And even though they lost many games and seasons after that, you know, they kept so consistent for so long um, that, I mean, nobody doesn't think about Atlanta thanks to that those teams. You know, you can't say ba- Atlanta's not a baseball t- um, town without, you know, nobody would say, oh, Atlanta's not a baseball town had it not been for those teams, you know. I agree. I I absolutely agree. Although, you know, I, I would maybe would have said it anyway, because I know that there were diehard fans that came out to Braves games. I mean, I know there weren't a ton of them, but um, there were diehards that came out when they were truly awful in the 80s. Mm. I know because my dad tells me about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I was born in 87, so I missed most of those years. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all right, though. You got to enjoy the, the, the good tree will show those guys, the John Smoltz, Maddox, um, you know, those will be of that generation. Those are like the old Yankees heroes, Lefty Williams. And, you know, history will show that that was their generation, you know, because when you think of the nineties and early two thousands, you think John Smoltz, Tom Glavin, you know, Greg Maddox. Yeah. Greg Maddox, all those guys, Chipper Jones. I mean, yes, there were other great pitchers on other teams, but that was just such a, a great I mean, obviously we're biased because we're Braves fans, but <laughs> I totally agree. No, that it, it, I mean they were just like Yankee heroes, except they were, you're right. They were just they just happened to be pitchers, not hitters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Braves won games like three to two all the time. Yeah, yeah, totally, including their World Series win. Um, mm-hmm. What? Um, oh, let's talk about one more thing before we wrap it up here. Um, who is coming in now that? Um, um, I was calling him Skip. Uh, Chip Carey has left the Atlanta's, um, you know, announcing team. Who's coming in to replace him? Uh, Brandon Gadan. I'm sorry if I'm getting his first name wrong, but I'm pretty sure his last name is Gadan. Uh, he uh, called Georgia Tech Athletics. Ah. You know, I don't know if it's football or or athletics in general. At least football. Um, he was with with Tech for a few years. Um, in the last decade and then he went and did fox and the big 10 uh-huh. back home so yeah I, I i must admit i didn't know him much by name 
I know him by by voice. Okay. Uh, I when I heard his voice, I'm like, oh yeah, I've heard I've heard him plenty on on um, on Fox. Uh, but he's he's very good. I'm very excited to have him have him here and uh, calling games with Frank Coor. I think it's going to be great. It's going to be very very weird uh, without a carry calling a Braves game. I can't. I, has it yeah. has it been done in in over 30 years? Probably not. 40 years. Right. Uh, no, not a carry calling a Braves game. So. Oh man. But uh, he's he is very good. I'm very much looking forward to having him do do games for us. Well, that's always good to have a um, an Atlanta pedigree guy to, to come in and you know, be yes. a new guy for it. <clears throat> yeah. Although I would, you know, Don Sutton was one of my favorites as well. And he wasn't really a Braves guy <laughs> when he first came in. Yeah. But he, he became one. We, we made him one. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Stephen yeah. Pete made him one. Yeah. Did you, did you ever have a favorite announcer of all the, uh, the old Braves announcers? If I had to pick one, it'd probably be Skip, but they were all, all four of them are great. Remember they used to, they used to switch in the middle of the game. Uh, mm-hmm. Two of them would start on TV and then they would switch in the fifth inning and the radio guys would come on. So the four, I mean, we got to hear all four of them every night. And uh, so that's why I loved all four of them. But if I had to pick one, probably skip. Yeah. Mine was always Ernie Johnson senior. Um, my favorite tandem was him with, um, um, Oh my gosh, the name's leaving me here. Um, the, the professors we called him back in the day. Um, Pete Van Weeren. Thank you. Pete Van Weeren and, and Ernie Johnson Sr., me and a couple of friends, we always thought they were the coolest little, you know, Ernie was older, but, you know, up until he retired, he was the, those two were a great um, duo, if you will, in the booth. Um, yeah, I'm a little bit too young to remember um, Ernie calling games live, but I've seen plenty of videos of them calling games, and he was great. Mm-hmm, absolutely. His, son, his son's great, too. Yeah, yeah, he's become a legend in his own right, in a lot um, of ways. Yeah doing the nba yeah <laughs> <laughs> yep well uh kevin i'm gonna let you go um i do appreciate it. we've got to cover a lot of stuff maybe if if you're up for it i'll have you come on at some point again and we'll do a little follow-up and see how things are going sure uh anytime it was a pleasure uh this is actually my very first podcast so um i hope oh, i did okay <laughs> absolutely you did great i um yeah. we'll have it out there on the youtubes for everybody to to witness for you <laughs> uh, awesome well it was a, it was a pleasure meeting you and uh if you ever want to do this again, maybe you like you know, all-star break or something like that. Just let me know. Oh yeah, that'd be great. We could do, we could do a little follow-up and see how uh, things are going. All right, Kevin, thanks a lot. And thank you everybody for joining us and have a great day. And thank you for joining us on talk of the now podcast.